business, marketing is a critical activity that can directly impact growth and profit. Yet with so many options available today, how can you choose the right marketing program for your business? Welcome to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. If you're looking to better understand marketing, then you've stopped by the right show. Now here is your host, Bonnie Taylor. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. And in today's episode, I want to explore one of the oldest marketing tools out there, one that you will surely use at some point within your own marketing program, and one that we encounter as citizens of the world on a daily basis. If you haven't guessed it yet, today's topic is advertising. Advertising is a part of just about every marketing program in the world. It would be really, really hard to find a country or a community where ads don't exist. They're everywhere. Why? Because it's an opportunity in one action to reach a large number of potential buyers. A lot of eyeballs. It's very, very tempting. (laughs) Advertising, it's like, wow, all those people? One ad? It's also very expensive, and it's not as easy as it sounds. (laughs) I wish it was, but no, no, no. Advertising is something just like any other marketing tool that has to be planned, has to be researched, and has to be uh, attached to your strategy and your overall mission. Advertising today is a little different from what was depicted in the TV show Mad Men from the 1960s, where the focus was almost entirely on television, radio, and print. Modern advertising has many options within it, and it almost seems like the only limitation is one's creativity. How much can you think of, how many different ways can you think of promoting your business within a buying audience? The other day, I, was, I have satellite TV, and I was flipping through the guide looking for a TV show, and I noticed there were a series of brightly colored and visually embellished, I guess is the best way to say kind of ugly, but embellished uh, ads embedded within the guide flipping through. And I noticed, sadly, there were quite a few of them within the kids section. Uh, Some were advertising movies to rent, uh, TV shows that were coming up, pretty much anything that could entice a child to say, hey, mom, I want to watch such and such, and if they don't own it already, well, click right there. Ads can be found in the more unusual places of the world. (laughs) There was uh, a while back a big to-do made about advertisements on toilet paper. Yes, toilet paper in public stalls. And people would pull the sheets off, and there was an ad. Uh, Going through your grocery store, you'll see ads on the grocery carts. Ads can be found within social media posts. If you are watching a video, like I watch videos on social media, and I'll see something like, let's say, a dog rescued from the street from a a rescue group. Halfway through, it'll stop the whole whatever I was watching, and an ad will start. And it's 12 seconds of ad, and I can't skip through it, or I can skip through after a certain period. If you're driving around, you'll see ads on the side of the road and billboards. You'll see ads when you're taking the train, uh, the subway. You'll see ads on the subway and on the platform while you wait for a train. You'll see ads at sporting events. You'll see ads in just about every media outlet out there. Advertising can become such a part of our culture 
that we'll quote it. We will refer back to favorite ads. We will make memes out of them. We will then use them in and crossover into other types of situations like television shows or movies. Ads are part of us and we love them. <laughs> so much so in the United States, we have a day dedicated to advertising. Oh, wait, sorry. No, that one's dedicated to football. <laughs> it's not. The Super Bowl is actually about football. But there are a good number of people who watch the game for the advertisements. And companies know this. They put so much money, millions and millions of dollars into creating ads, sometimes that run one time, only once. They'll put all that money in because they know that's what people want. They want the ads. We rank them afterward, which ad was best. Yes, we care about the game, but it's also about the advertisements. And that brings me to the problem with advertising. It is estimated that a U.S. citizen will see between 4,000 and 10,000 ads every day. 4,000 and 10,000 ads every single day. As a marketer, that's troubling. <laughs> it makes my job harder because that means I have to break through all of the other clutter, all of the other ads to reach my buyer. That's a challenge, a really big challenge. How to make that one ad break through and be the one out of 10,000 ads seen in one day, make it the one that's memorable. Well, that's what I want to talk about today. How to pick the right advertising media outlet for your business, choose the right type of ad within that media outlet, and then the components of the ad that are most important to make sure that yours is the one that's seen. I think the best place to start would be with the different types of advertising. And advertising as a whole can be broadly lumped into two groups. The first is traditional advertising, which includes radio, television, print ads, and signage, such as billboards. And then Digital advertising, which includes a wide, wide variety of advertising types from a more eh, traditional type of static ad on a website all the way through pay-per-click on Google to social media advertising, post advertising, uh, retargeting, all sorts of different things. So I'll get through that a little bit later on. But those two groups give you kind of a sense of how you can use advertising. If you're developing a multi-channel campaign, for instance, and you are targeting buyers who are not online, digital advertising isn't going to help you much, but you might find different types of traditional advertising the right fit. Regardless of what type of advertising you choose, traditional versus digital or a mix of the two, you will find that the process for evaluating the individual media outlet, and I say media outlet because advertising has been traditionally tied to media, such as publications or television, you start by evaluating the media outlet itself. Who reads it or who watches it or who clicks on it? Who visits the site? How many of those people are there and where are they located? And what are their ages? What are their demographics? 
What are what can you find out about those people? If the media outlet is not a fit with your buyers, then advertising there is a waste of money. I mean, plain and simple. They have to sync up. They have to match. If they don't, you're just throwing money away. How can you possibly find out about who reads, who watches, who visits, et cetera, et cetera? Well, almost every media outlet will have some form of a rate card or a media kit. I say almost every because in the situation such as, um, uh, let's say, like Google AdWords, you get some information, but it's so such a diverse audience that it's not going to give you specifics, not like a, like a magazine, for instance. If you call up or email and ask for the rate card or the media kit, you will be sent information about, let's say, a publication. You will be sent information about that company itself. You will be told who watches, visits, listens to, et cetera, et cetera. And this is where you want to focus. It should tell you information such as income levels, age ranges, genders, education, where they live, job types, hobbies. All this can be found in a decent rate card or media kit. They should give you that story, that uh, profile of who reads, watches, listens to, visits, etc., etc., If they can't, or if it's not a match, then it's probably a good time to skip this particular advertising opportunity. Really, advertising is expensive, and you have so many other places where you can place your ads. Just move along. The next step is to look at the media outlet in terms of how many people interact, read, view, listen to, et cetera, et cetera. How many people do this on a regular basis? This is known as reach, the media outlet's reach, as in their distribution numbers or their penetration of a marketplace. Why do you care about this? Well, if they only have five readers for their publication, they could be a great fit. But unless every single one of those readers looks at your ad and buys, the odds are that you're not going to make any money. There's not going to be a return on that advertisement. Uh, unless, of course, your ad is only $10,000 and <laughs> the, the buyer, the one buyer buys a million dollars worth of products, that could be a good fit. <laughs> but for the most part, you would like to find the biggest distribution possible. Obviously, the bigger the distribution, the more people, the more eyeballs or the more ears who will see your ad or could potentially see your ad, the more expensive the ad's going to be. An ad in your local newspaper is not going to be the same price as an ad in the Wall Street Journal. They're going to be very, very, very different in pricing. And that's because the Wall Street Journal reaches many more people. Same thing for your local television station versus your, uh, let's say, a national network if you wanted to blanket uh, a nation with uh, with an advertisement. So looking at that reach is really, really critical to figuring out if this is an important media outlet for your advertising budget. You also want to look at timing, timing for your ad. If the ad only runs once every six months or once a quarter because the publication only goes out once a quarter, then mm, it's up to you. Maybe it's a fit, maybe it's not a fit, maybe you care, maybe you don't. 
if it's uh, a television ad that runs at two in the morning, probably not going to be a fit. If it's a billboard that uh, is a digital billboard and it only runs once every 10 turns and people who are flying by on a highway at 70 miles per hour aren't going to see it because it's a chance, it's a risk. Or it's an ad that's on rotation on a website and maybe you see Maybe people will see it, but maybe not. So look at the timing of your ad. And that includes placement of your ad. Uh, and especially true in print. Placement is uh, refers to where the ad actually physically sits on the page or within the pages themselves. Are you at the very beginning of the, the publication or the very back corners, the, the dark <laughs> classified section and your ad is kind of stuck in there and most people don't flip through there. What I like to do before committing to a lot of money is I want to look at the media outlet itself. And so I will go through it as if I'm a a viewer, a reader, a listener, and see, do I actually notice the ads? Do I see these? Do I flip through to where do I see them or how do I see them? Um, Sometimes, like especially in print, what are the pages? What are the sizes on the pages? How is it? printed and bound? Is it something that folds open easily and people can see the entire spread? Or is it so tightly bound that maybe the ad that's on the inside gets stuck in the gutter? These are all things that are really, really important to your ad. Because remember, 10,000 ads potentially every single day. If you don't have decent placement, it's not at the right time of day, it's not the right buyers, and there aren't enough of them, chances are your ad's not going to turn out very well. It's not going to have enough of a a return for you. Usually when you are investigating a media outlet and request a rate card or a media kit, you will be put in touch with an account executive. That account executive should be able to supply you with samples or actual publications or links to give you an idea of what you would receive in exchange for your advertising dollars. If you don't get this automatically, just request it. With situations like radio or television, you may find yourself working with somebody called a media buyer. A media buyer is somebody who will buy the time and make recommendations for you based off of their own experience working with that particular media outlet. Uh, They can be invaluable. They can usually broker a better deal for you. And so if you're looking into those two types of advertising channels, you may just want to go ahead and find a good media buyer. As with every type of consultant or outside resource, thoroughly investigate and look at them because there are people who are a little less than honest. (laughs) So you have the initial information to start the process, to start thinking, okay, is this going to be a good fit with my business, with my marketing program? What are the next steps? Where do you go from, hey, they have the buyers who are the right age, the right income level, they have the right hobbies, they are in the right geographic location. So are they a fit with my own marketing program? Well, what you want to do is you want to calculate the percentage of people who could possibly see your ads and weigh that against the cost of the ad itself. If the ad is well outside of your budget, then it's not a fit. You can't afford it. But if it is within your budget and they do have the right buyers, then think through, okay, if I get 10% of the viewers, the listeners, the readers, et cetera, et cetera, if I get 10% to look at my ad, to register my ad, is that enough? 
Is there enough return on it for me? Can I get 5%? Is that still okay? If I get 50%, hey, that's fantastic. Does it, what does that change? So just kind of calculate your best and worst case scenario, especially when it's a new publication, because you have to test a little bit. You have to get a feel for it. It's not an automatic, you place an ad, there's a return, people will start buying. There is a process to it, which I will discuss when we come back after the break. I want to start with traditional media outlets, and then move into digital. You are listening to the I Think I Need Marketing Show. I am Bonnie Taylor, and I will be back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I am Bonnie Taylor, and if you're just joining us, today's topic is advertising. Before we took our break, I went through my steps for evaluating a media outlet and determining whether or not it's a fit with my own marketing program. Before we get too far off of the evaluation process, I want to remind you that the media outlet itself should still be a fit with your own brand. What I mean is that unless you are a brand that is focused on politics or on religion or on something that could be controversial in any way, shape, or form, you probably don't want to advertise in that media outlet. It's just, it's safer for your business. And I know it's it's nice to be in certain places, but if you have a risk or run a risk of, of alienating a percentage of your buyers, your targeted buyers, not your what-if buyers, but your really targeted buyers, you probably should avoid it, okay? So once you've evaluated, once you've determined that it's a fit, and once you've moved forward with, okay, 
I can afford this. This is something that I can work within my budget. Then you want to start looking at your own marketing program and your own calendar. So when are you going to advertise? How frequently are you going to advertise? And can you afford to make changes to your advertisements? The reason this is important is because most media outlets will offer a discount on multiple advertisements or over a longer period of time. For instance, if you run an ad for six months, it's going to be less expensive per time than if you ran it just once over two months. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) So looking at the media outlet and then comparing it with your own marketing calendar and the rest of your, your plans whether or not you are running a campaign or just what I call maintenance type of advertising where you just want to keep your brand out in the marketplace and in front of your your buying audience, uh, you still want to make sure that it fits within what you have as your overall goals. Known as an advertisement's run, R-U-N, this is simply the length of time that your ad will be live. It refers back to in print the number of insertions or the publication dates in television, the number of times the same ad is run over a period of, let's say, a week, two weeks, a month. Radio, the same way. Uh, in billboards, if your ad is up for six months, it's going to be less expensive than if your ad is up only one month. Same thing with digital. If you have um, the number of impressions over a period of time, your run would be, let's say, 12,000 impressions over six days or something like that. I'm making those numbers up. But anyway, you will receive a discount for your frequency, the frequency within which or the length of time within which your ad will run and is live. All this should be spelled out in the rate card and in your media kit. It will tell you, okay, if you run that the same ad, not changing the ad, mind you, if you run the same ad for that length of time, the media outlet does not have to work as hard. They don't have to make a major change. They just kind of pick it up again. It's called actually a pickup ad. Uh, They just keep running it again and again and again. Well, that's less expensive for them. They pass that savings on and they want to keep you as a long-term advertiser. So look for those and compare them with your calendar and say, hey, I can see where we can have a cost savings and we can, if we run this ad over the next six months. Something to keep in mind is that usually the insertion dates, that's what they call it, insertion dates or the, the time they need the artwork from you or what we call the ad can be backed up quite a bit. Uh, in some cases, it can be months ahead of time. So if your deadline or your, your ad is going to run in March, it may be that your ad is due in December. I mean, that seems extreme, but it does happen. So pay attention to when they need the artwork. Artwork is what we call whatever ad it is. Can your marketing program, can your calendar satisfy that insertion date. Can you get the artwork to them in time? If not, well, just push down and see when you can do it next. If it doesn't work at all, it doesn't work at all. Just something to keep in mind. You also want to pay attention to the artwork requirements as far as file size and type. Media outlets are generally pretty strict on what they will accept. The reason for that is because they want to make it easy. Unless you want to pay them to do a lot of work and modification, build the ad itself, then you should send it to them ready to go. That's known as camera ready or copy ready or uh, upload ready or any of the other phrases that work with the individual uh, media outlet. 
This means that your advertising budget should include more than just the cost of the ad itself. It needs to include the production costs. If you lack the in-house resources to produce a professional quality advertisement, and by that, I don't mean having your college intern produce something in Word for a print ad. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about here. Uh, if you don't have somebody who is experienced and knows how to develop an ad, uh, then you're going to want to seek help elsewhere. And by help, I mean hiring a marketing agency, uh, some designers, or let's say a television production crew. Just know that you're going to have to factor the cost of the production into your advertising budget. In some cases, it can be well above, for instance, television, uh, well above the actual cost of the ad itself. There are a few things that all good ads have in common. They all attract attention and they all have some simple message. If you've seen an ad that is just crammed full of information, it's like they wanted to use every single bit of the space. And you're like, oh, I can't even focus on this because it's just too much. I'm overloaded and I'm not going to even bother. It's not even worth my time. So the best ads use a simple message, a simple headline in print and television and radio, a simple theme. And they use, whenever possible, strong visuals. Strong visuals, and it's, I'm not talking about a lot of different photos necessarily, maybe one photo, but it's just so striking that the eye instantly goes to it. It doesn't have to be a photo. It doesn't have to be a drawing. It can be just a simple color. It could be, if it's a black and white publication, it could be black background with white text. It could be uh, T-Mobile uses that hot pink really well, and they'll just have an ad and just the hot pink, you instantly go to it. Which brings me to the next part of a good ad, which is really clean and clear branding. Every ad should fit within your brand because you want somebody to instantly kind of go, oh, that's part of that company. And I like that company. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see what their latest, what their latest message is. So that clean branding with a clean message. And when I say clean, I mean simple. Uh, Nike, just do it kind of thing. You know, simple, one striking uh, athlete against a dark background or against a light background. Any, any kind of simple look that catches that eye very, very quickly. Because remember, 10,000 ads a day. So if it's cluttered, they're going to just gloss right over it. So simple, clean, well-branded. Use headlines to grab attention. Use visuals to grab attention and keep it really solidly branded. Okay, now that I've explained the universal evaluation process and what you need to think about when you're considering advertisements just in general, let's look at them individually, the individual media outlets. I ever so briefly discussed the difference between traditional advertising and digital advertising. And let's, let's go back and explore that now. Traditional advertising is a collection of the mainstays, television, radio, print, and signage, such as billboards. Each one of the traditional advertising outlets is purchased in a different way. And what I mean is that it's a difference between time and space, like physical space. So let's look at each one individually. One of the oldest is, of course, print advertising. Print advertising has been around 
for a very long time. I wish I could tell you that there is a specific, hey, this was the very first print ad out there, and we mark this as a historic day. But unfortunately, not really. Uh, People were advertising their farm equipment and locations for rent and things like that for a long time, and it'd be really hard to go back and say, yes, these were the first ones. So we look at the ones that were more obvious. Generally speaking, people acknowledge that the Roaring Twenties, 1920s, in the United States, beginning of advertising. That's when the general public learned everything that was wrong with them. (laughs) And what I mean is that's when we learned we had bad breath, uh, we had bad complexions, and we smelled bad, and all of these things that the ads suddenly told us that we needed because the products that they promoted would improve their lives. And so they may not have known they had bad breath before, but now, by gosh, they were going to suddenly need to have these breath mints. (laughs) So that's when advertising really kicked into gear. And then it just has really kind of uh, been like a freight train ever since taking over our lives. And of course, now we know it's, you know, many, many times a day that we see them. Print advertising is calculated by the number of columns per page that the media outlet uses. So if it's a magazine or a newspaper, you'll notice that each one of the pages has a designation by columns, so vertical columns of content. And then the ad would be the width of those columns. That's a little confusing. Uh, If you need a chart, if you need a visual, in my book, I Think I Need Marketing, I have an actual diagram of the different print advertising sizes and dimensions. For now, what I'll say is that if your magazine or your publication is a four-column page, so four vertical columns, and you are looking to purchase a quarter-page ad, then your ad would take two columns in width. The height is calculated in actual inches. It's a little easier to look at a visual chart. So if you don't have a copy of my book handy with the diagram, Look at a rate card. Rate cards should have some images in there to show you the different types and orientations for their ads. Uh, And then look at the, or look at a publication itself and see the different ad sizes. And you'll notice that their column inches wide by a certain number of inches tall. Print ads also factor in placement. Placement can refer to a section of the publication. Let's say if it's a newspaper and they have different sections, if you want to advertise in the real estate or a sports section, or it can mean the actual physical placement on the page. Generally speaking, you want to have the right side of the publication. So if if it's two pages facing each other, you wanna be on the right page. You also generally wanna be a little higher up in the page. The reason for this is that people, when they're flipping through a publication quickly, tend to put their eyes in that direction. And so if you're on the left-hand side or if you're buried in a gutter, then you're going to see, hey, wait a minute, my ad's not showing up very well, which means that it's a little bit uh, less effective. You can often request right-hand reads, and they don't always guarantee it, um, but you can request it. Sometimes you have to pay more for it. You also want to factor in the placement within the publication itself. It's a, if it's a 100-page magazine, for instance, and you're in page 87 in the inside gutter, tiny little ad buried in there, you're not going to get many eyeballs on your ad. It's just not going to happen. 
But if you are closer to, let's say, the front end of the section or close to a really good article, then that might be something worthwhile. Where the ad will run, the placement, is something you want to investigate before you place the ad, before you pay for it. You also want to talk about different special issues. If there are things that will have a longer shelf life, traditionally, newspapers have like a one-day shelf life. You somebody, if it's a daily newspaper, there somebody reads it, and then they throw it away. Um, if it's a magazine, it might have a longer shelf life. And so somebody might go back to it and see your ad because they flip through the magazine more than once. So if there are special issues or special commemorative issues or things that are a little bit more popular, topics that are more popular, you may want to focus on those instead of just run whenever. You may also find that a publication can separate out by geography. They can run an ad in a special section or a section that is sent out to a certain zip code or a city or a part of the country. Another thing to explore, ask your account executive. Signs are another form of advertisement and are usually purchased within a set period of time, uh, usually like a month. Uh, sometimes they may require a longer period of time, especially if there's a lot of production costs associated with creating and printing out your advertisement. Billboards are typically located near high traffic areas such as highways or big streets. Uh, smaller ads could be a kiosk in a mall, could be an ad located within a subway train. You'll see them on those headers. Uh, it could be an ad at a bus station. If you've driven past, you've seen those ads that are at the enclosures where people wait. Ads can be anywhere if they're big enough and highly visible. So if it's a high traffic area, it's pretty good bet that there's going to be an ad nearby. They're great if your location is nearby or in some geographic range within that area. So kind of keep that in mind. They're really good for that kind of thing. They're also good if you're a big brand and you just want to solidify. Let's say you see um, a lot of insurance companies or cell phone companies will have ads in anywhere that somebody would be moving around quite a bit because it relates back to whatever that activity is. Signs do not have to be print ads. They can be digital. If you think of big cities around the world, you'll see ads with uh, lots of bright lights, with video. Think of Times Square in New York City where there are so many different ads going at once and it's just like a visual wonderland because there's so much brightness going on. Signs are always sold by location. And if you're interested in a sign, there's usually a media company attached to it. You can look for a phone number on the sign itself, or you can search for it online and find out by location, sign on blah, 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 street, to such and such, and call that company. They're usually very happy to sell it or book it for the next available time that it's, uh, it's open. Signs can be exciting and they can pay off big, especially if you are located nearby. I highly recommend you explore it. If you're a brick and mortar or a retail location, the sign could be the right advertising tool for you. When we come back, more on advertising. You are listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. 
Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice America talk radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or a comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I am Bonnie Taylor, and if you're just joining us, today's topic is advertising. Earlier on, I went through my steps for evaluating a media outlet as a proper fit for your own marketing program. And then I worked through the different elements that are necessary for a good advertisement, an advertisement that will break through and be seen within the 10,000 ads that a person sees every single day. Uh, Before we took our break, I started to talk about traditional advertising options, which included, of course, print and signage. And now I'd like to switch into television and radio. There are a lot of similarities between the two, particularly in how they are sold. They're sold in time increments. These are usually 15, 30, and 60 seconds. You may find some 10 seconds, you may find some 45 seconds, but traditionally 15, 30, and 60 second time slots. 30 seconds is probably the most popular. It's really rare to find like a television ad that's 60 seconds long. That's a long ad. It feels long if you're watching it. And 10 seconds is pretty short. It's not much time to say more than, hey, here we are. Great. Hire us. (laughs) So 30 seconds is a good, has a good feel to it. Uh, Both are sold by time of day when they run. In television, you would have that, uh, let's say, primetime show. So you, the type of show that's run, the, of course, it would be the channel, and then the show that's airing. And what time the ad will run within the show itself. This is important because you may want your ad to run, but it'll be more expensive to run it during a primetime show or during the morning news show, or if it's a radio, during the morning commuter show. These are going to cost more than when audiences are lower, when there aren't as many people paying attention. That's a little less expensive. But of course, it's the trade-off. You have more people listening or watching. It's going to cost you more than when they're not. And But you want to be around when they're not. So 2 a.m. television show, probably not high on anybody's marketing list. But a 7 o'clock or an 8 o'clock television show on a prime network probably is. Again, just have to factor into your budget. When you purchase 
a television or radio ad, you often will work with a media buyer. You can call up the station and say, hey, I'd like to buy some ads. But it's a little easier to work with a media buyer. I've always tried to work with media buyers when I'm going through television and radio because it's just it's just easier. They know the stations inside out. They know the air times, what's going on when, and when people are most likely to pay attention. And they can often work out a better deal for you. They can often get a, a bundle deal, for instance. Uh, different uh, Your ad running at different times over a set period of time it would be less expensive than if you tried to negotiate call into the station itself and try to get that price. Your production costs are going to be higher with television and radio, primarily television, because of all the different factors of having a crew, having talent, somebody to star in your commercial, and just pulling it all together. Uh, When I do television commercials, I have a full crew ready to go. They come either on site or wherever the location is, and we film, and it's costly. You have to do many takes. You have to do a lot of uh, footage, and then you have to go back through and edit it, and it's not just building the ad. Then you have to go through and just look at all the raw footage that you have and then tweak it and make it pretty and assemble it just the way you want it. Uh, Radio, you can usually work with the station. They usually have people there who can read your ad. So it's a matter of scripting your ad. It's not quite the same production cost as with television because you can use the studio's in-house talent. If you don't like their voices, always listen to the voices um, and listen to make sure that it's fit with your brand again because it's, uh, it's your company, it's your image out there. The voice is very important. It's everything in the radio situation. Part of your process with both types of media is going to be auditioning talent. And you may not have to have a full open audition where you bring in people and have to sit there and go through and have them uh, perform in front of you. It could be as simple as calling up the radio station and saying, who do you have? Uh, Do you have male voices or do you have female voices? Can you send me over samples? And then just listening to them and making sure they're a fit with your brand. You also want to listen through for music and keep that music and aligned with your brand. If it's upbeat, if it's happy, if it's too dark, too sad, or too, too, just too. (laughs) Whatever it is, it has to fit with your brand. Uh, If you're working with an agency, they should be able to purchase the, the music for you. If you're working with a um, radio station, they may give you options for purchasing music or they may have music available to you, a limited selection. Just keep in mind that you may be hearing the same music over and over again, different ads, uh, if they're giving you just a small selection and you may not want that. So if you have to purchase music, you can purchase from one of the stock music sites, just like you would a stock uh, photo or a stock video. You can purchase any of those. Uh, just make sure that that's part of your production process. It's highly doubtful you will be creating a television or a radio ad in-house. So you should be working with somebody who already has all this at hand. The lifespan of your ad is up to you. Just know that every time you replace it, you have to pay for all the production costs again. But if you let the ad live a little past its prime, if people see it too many times, they may start thinking, wait, this company is small. They can't afford to replace their ads very often. What's wrong with them? They're not making any money, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of how people think. They're used to seeing change. Just keep that in mind. You don't want to be that business that runs the same old ad all of the time because people just get, ugh. 
You can pull it back later on. You can, for nostalgia's sake, you can say, hey, look at this old ad and the 10th anniversary of our business. Hey, we're running our old ads. Geico is doing that right now with its, like, um, So Easy a Caveman Can Do It or some of the old older ads that they used to run a long time ago. They're bringing them back just for this one kind of run right now. And it's nice to see them again, but... Um, yeah, don't be the one that just has the one ad. <laughs> if you're going, if you're going to do television and radio, budget to have a replacement ad at some point in the not too distant future. All right, so let's switch to digital ads. Digital ads are an exciting new addition to marketing, and I know next week's episode is all about digital marketing. So I can kind of give you some highlights today, knowing that we're going to explore them in a little bit more depth next week. Much like traditional advertising, digital advertising covers a diverse group of advertising options. They're all online. That's the big thing about them. <laughs> that's, the, that's the common thread. Uh, but they are different. These can be ads that are uh, static ads or slightly animated ads on websites. They could be pay-per-click ads on social media or on uh, search engines. They could, they could be the annoying pop-up ads that we all hate, retargeting ads, ads that we look at on one site and suddenly they pop up somewhere else. Suffice it to say, there are a lot of options under the digital advertising header. So let's start with the simple ones. The static ads that you can see on another website that you can purchase space on a website or even in emails that are sent out. This is fairly popular with uh, publications. So, so let's say like the Washington Post, for instance, would have their own website and then they would run ads on pages within their website and then they would send out news alerts. And within that news alert email that would go out, there are ads placed within that space. The placement of the ad is critical. Uh, across the top, it could be called a leaderboard ad. That's the big wide ad that's across the top. You could have skyscraper ads that run up and down on the sides of the pages. If you need a visual, in my book, I have a chart that shows the different sizes of digital advertisements, including the standard measurements. All digital ads are measured in pixels. And a pixel is like a unit. It's a, a picture image what it stands for, uh, unit on, on monitors, on, on uh, computer screens. And the size of your monitor is going to determine the size of an individual pixel. It's a little hard to say exactly what size it is because we're talking about things like mobile versus a very large monitor. Like I, my computer has a very, very large monitor on it. The pixel on mine is going to be bigger than, let's say, on somebody's laptop. In other words, it's an individual point on a screen. <laughs> and your ads, your digital ads, are going to be measured in pixels width and height. To give you an idea, those leaderboard ads that run across the top of a website are 728 pixels wide by 90 pixels tall. What you'll notice is this is very small. <laughs> There's not much room there. Uh, not much more than a few words, maybe a logo and a click here kind of thing. Um, they're just, it's, it's not a lot of space uh, as compared to, let's say, a full page ad in a large newspaper. So critical to success with these ads, strong visuals, very, very simple, clean messaging. The ad should link back to 
your website, ideally, or a landing page that you've created that has whatever uh, offer you're doing. So if you have a if you have a new service that you're promoting, that's a landing page for that service. Or if you have uh, a new book that came out, that's a landing page to purchase the book. Uh, whatever it is, it's what your, your what your goal is is to link that ad to whatever your site is that you can control and track. And we'll get into tracking in another episode. It's a lot more involved. (laughs) Depending on the media outlet that you've chosen, the website you've chosen, these may be static uh, images, or they could be animated or even video. Video is awesome. I love it when there's like a little video plating, like a little testimonial or a little like movie commercial kind of thing. Uh, Those are great. And those can be on the side of whatever website you're looking at. If you have a lot of money, uh, you can buy the entire site out and have an entire run of site with your ads everywhere. You'll see that occasionally, like movie premieres, they'll have the entire website purchased and it's in that color and that brand. These types of digital ads are always sold by impressions. An impression just simply means the number of times it shows up in front of a person on the site. Uh, it's not a guarantee that somebody will go to the site and see your ad because there are other ads running. So they're kind of on a on a rotational basis, unless you buy everything. Um, but if they're just if you're doing just the regular old process, then you could say twelve thousand impressions in a month. If you haven't specified the times of day or the portions of the site that you want your ads to run on, let's say different sections of the site, news versus editorial versus home versus any, you know, whatever it may be, um, then it's up to the site itself to disperse your ads throughout that time period and just run them to make sure that it's fair to everybody who's advertising. The nice thing about digital ads is that they tend to be pretty inexpensive as compared with um, traditional advertising. And that you can link them back to your own site so you can track where things are coming from. We've got some sort of analytics tool on your site that you can track where it came from and get a little bit sense, a better sense of who's reaching out to you and who's finding your ads and how effective they are. A variation of the more static type of digital advertising is a pop-up ad. Pop-up ads are those ads that just show up while you're scrolling through a website. They could scoot over from the right, just kind of like slide out from the right-hand column. They could drop down from the top and take over a good portion of your screen. They may just show up and float in the middle of your screen. Whatever it is, they just kind of appear, you know, pop up. And they have some sort of offer or announcement. Uh, If you are trying to promote something, if you have a big event or if you have a new product or if you're trying to offer a discount, like a limited time offer, a pop-up ad may be for you. The same rules apply. You still want to make sure that it's a fit and make sure that your buyers are going to be on that website, but it is a form of advertising that can be effective if annoying. Just keep in mind that there are web browsers um, that can block pop-ups, so you may lose some of your people if they have that function enabled on their computer. Before I switch to pay-per-click, I want to point out that these ads can be designated by screen type. You can say desktop versus mobile for any of these types of campaigns. So if you're limited and you know that your audience is primarily on a mobile phone, you can say you only want these ads to run on mobile. Uh, That could be a way of saving budget. 
All right, so pay-per-click. This is something that we're going to explore more in the future in the digital marketing episode, but I want to mention today pay-per-click is an interesting form of advertising. It's not the same as traditional advertising or even just the more traditional type of digital ads that we discussed because it's based off of an auction or a commitment to a price. You'll find it on search engines such as Google, and you'll find it in social media and some other places, but primarily those two. And what you'll see is, uh, let's think about the Google search results page. And you have a whole page of results. The middle bottom is where you'll find organic results, which is the byproduct of all your good marketing and all your good efforts. Across the top and the right-hand column on a regular screen is paid advertising. And what has happened is somebody has gone in, identified keyword phrases, phrases that they think somebody's going to search for that relate back to their own website. If it's your business, what you've done is you've told Google, I'm willing to pay X amount of dollars every time somebody clicks on my ad. And then Google goes through and says, okay, if you're willing to pay this much money, $2, but this company over here is willing to pay $2.50, I'm going to rank them a little bit higher. And so that's how those ads go through and you'll see them because it's all based off a price and fit with whatever the search results were. Social media is very similar in that you put a dollar amount per day. Facebook in particular, your business ads are not going to show, your posts are not going to show unless you put some money on them. They've just kind of messed everything up. (laughs) So you put some money on, say, I'm willing to pay $5 and then target your audience within Facebook. And then they will say, okay, over three days, I'm going to allow $5 per day and X number of people are going to see it. So 5,000 people will receive this in their newsfeed. Whether or not they click on it, eh, that's great, but they will make sure that they see it. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to continue this topic next week in our digital marketing episode because I am out of time. If you would like to be automatically subscribed to my radio show, I Think I Need Marketing, simply go to iTunes and subscribe, I Think I Need Marketing. Just search for it and subscribe and the new episodes will automatically show up on your phone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am Bonnie Taylor and you've been listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Join me next week. We're going to talk digital marketing and digital advertising. Thank you for listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Be sure to join Bonnie Taylor for another episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, think of what you could be doing differently in your marketing program.